Are you ready for the raw truth about the creative industry? And stay tuned to level up your business with the tips and tricks straight from the experts. Hey, this is Natalia Frickman. And this is Helen Oliveira. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Bandit Heart Podcast. Episode 4. In today's episode, we will discuss how to price your work. So one of the things that's important to consider is the CODB, the cost of doing business. That may include things like time, equipment, travel, subscriptions, taxes, second shooter fees, legal accounting services, health insurance, business insurance, advertisement. So much more. So many things. <laughs> uh, so how does a person calculate that though? Yeah, they have so many resources online for you know, figuring out your cost of doing business. What is that even? Basically, all the expenses that you have to account for when you are setting your prices, whether that be for photography, for doing hair, for um, nails, like anything. They're you know going to be figuring out, is this going to be worth my time? Am I making money off of this after I pay all of my ex my expenses? That is so, so, so important because I know a lot of people will start in their photography journey and they just, you know, pick a number. <laughs> I'm going to charge $500. Yeah, $500 for a wedding. Why? I don't know. Like, they don't know. That um, seems reasonable. Nobody knows. Yeah, that seems reasonable because I have no experience. Okay, great. You don't have experience, but you still have expenses, right? <laughs> You still had to purchase your equipment to go to that wedding. You still had to pay for your car, pay for your car insurance, you know, the mileage to get there, um, the subscriptions for your online gallery, for the, you know, HoneyBook to book your actual client with contract and receiving, you know, payments and things like that. So all of that's going out the window if you're not going to um, account for that on your price. Yeah, because some people think, hey, Let's uh, charge $600 for six hours for a wedding and I'm going to be making $100 an hour. Wow. That's a lot. Wow. <laughs> um, you're not making even close to $100 an hour <laughs> if you're charging that much in your legal business. And even if you're not, because you have editing time, there's definitely things that you need to account yes. for that are immediate needs. Even how much gas you're going to spend. Is this wedding that $600? Is it in a different state? Uh, how far is it from you? There are so many things. Are you taking a second shooter? How much are you yeah. paying a second shooter? And how did you even get that job? Did you have to pay for advertisement? Exactly. So consider how much you want to make on top of your cost of doing business and expenses as well. And be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and include some time there as well, not just the usual usual editing time or anything like that, but add time for possible mistakes or reveals. If there's something that you need to redo or take, you know, extra care of, um, you know, have extra attention um, turned into, just consider those fees in there as well. Mm. Yeah, unexpected things. Unexpected things. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, another thing I wanted to talk about is the personal costs, since we're talking about unexpected fees. So every time you are exchanging your work for money, you're exchanging your time, your skills, and your, I want to say this, your life force. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sold on this. Um, but really, at least your time. Time 
of your life, but your vitality too. Think right. about it. You're um, using your physical body, your mental, you know, skills and mental health to be able to put everything together to accomplish that project successfully. Exactly. So you need to account for, let's say, daycare. If you do have children and you need to pay a nanny, babysitter, or even the daycare uh, for you to be able to work, that cost needs to be in the back of your mind so you can kind of add it to your prices as well. Yeah, and then if you don't have children, maybe you have a dog. Maybe you have two dogs or two cats. Like You definitely need someone to come over and make sure that they get let out, get let back in and, you know, food and stuff like that. Like that all needs to go into your cost of doing business. You need to pay someone to go there yeah, and one, take care of everything. Mm-hmm. One thing I personally do is I kind of think of how much I spend on my chiropractor mm-hmm. and I kind of, I try to add it, not directly add it to my price, but have it in the back of my mind because doing photography doing videography it does a number on your body mm-hmm. and it's very common for uh, photographers and videographers to have specific issues like carpal tunnel syndrome other things uh, lower back pain mm-hmm. um, and it's something that she helps me a lot with i have scoliosis so i have to go to my chiropractor um, to make sure i can survive <laughs> a busy season um, that's or, good. Or even like we're talking about the other day, when you work to with different type of clients, with a high profile type of client, you can show up with, I mean, this is going to sound very shallow, but <laughs> it's true. You cannot show up with your nails dirty, undone, uh, your hair mess, raggedy uh, clothes, yeah, and jeans and a t-shirt. I mean, it may be your style, but there are things that are expected from you, right? Um, how do you deal with those things? That's wait, <laughs> <laughs> like the tossing the ball. <laughs> I don't first know. What I'm okay, yeah. So I definitely, you know, account for those personal costs too. Like you said, um, you know, someone to take care of my dog or someone. Now that we're expecting a baby girl, like I would need to figure out ahead of time who's going to take care of her and like how am I paying that person but not only that like um, outsourcing things too to uh, make my time you know worth it like if I could be you know editing something someone else could be you know making my blog posts or something like that or managing my social media so it's definitely great to be able to take on those um because in under consideration those you know personal costs that are affecting your daily life yeah and i just want to go back to the last (laughs) thing i said i want to i mean i'm not a shallow person so i want to give you a different example Mm. maybe you don't have a super high profile client but you do adventure elopements Mm. uh you need hiking boots (laughs) exactly you need hiking boots hiking book bag Exactly. You need, you know, a reliable shoe, a reliable backpack, a good strap, strap. Um, there are so many things, a jacket, you know, that you can wear that's a windbreaker jacket that's also waterproof, whatever oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Just consider as a uniform, right? Yeah. If you're working in a certain place, you require to have a uniform or if you're working in an office, you're required to have business casual clothes. That's the same thing 
uh, for photography. There's different styles, but you're always going to have to think about to spend how you some yourself. money on those, you know, <laughs> types of gear and outfits. Mm -hmm. All right. So <laughs> the other thing as well, if you're very concerned about raising your prices and pricing you properly uh, based on all these costs we're talking about, don't be because there's also something called perception <laughs> of value based on your prices mm, um that's good let's say a ferrari and the honda they're both good cars they are both gonna take you from a to b but there's a status <laughs> quo mm -hmm. that's 100 attached to the ferrari that the honda doesn't really have right so you know when you present yourself um you quote a client at five thousand dollars for some type of work and another person quotes the client for five hundred dollars for the um, same type for the same type of work and i'm saying let's of course it's expected for the five thousand dollar photographer to have a certain experience to have certain gear to you know do different things but let's say even if these two people are at the same level or similar levels one people one person i'm sorry one person <laughs> is gonna be perceived as a cheap photographer mm -hmm. the other one is gonna be perceived as an expert a sought after person because there's no other way that person would be charging that amount if they weren't having clients that would pay that amount True. um so you know you don't want to be perceived as a cheap photographer you don't have to be scared <laughs> of charging what you're worth. Uh, go for it. It helps everybody around you too. It creates a mindset that the photography um, that you're offering, that's the average cost for. So people are not going to think it's too expensive if more people start, you know, actually charging what they're worth. Right. So after saying all that and telling people things that I'm not proud of, <laughs> I'll, we, I'll need your help. How do you raise your prices? Yeah, so I have a great example with the pandemic that we're in right now with COVID-19 last year. You know, there was a huge demand on elopements and just like micro weddings and, you know, uh, shorter ceremonies and things like that. So, you know, also there was a huge demand on video because now a lot of people can't make it to your wedding if they're from out of town or if they're a little bit older or have kids or whatnot. So um, I saw a huge demand for video and for elopement. And so what I did was I went ahead and like, you know, raised my price on the elopement area and also on the video, not like too much because you have that demand and now, you know, you might be the only one in your area that offers, you know, video or that's offering elopement or that isn't ha that even have you know a portfolio to show that you've done these before you have experience so now that you have this demand people are going to pay your prices because they want you based on like how you portray your business and yourself and everything yeah i've uh had people when i was first starting also let me know that hey you're better than the prices you're charging and oh, you wow. are actually <laughs> booking these clients so why don't you try this for every wedding you book raise about 200 dollars mm -hmm. of your package of your most popular coverage exactly. or whatever it's not a lot that is going to turn people away 
but it's gonna make a difference for you and it's gonna get you more confident um, so if you see a lot of people coming to you and if you see that your quality is above um, other local photographers mm -hmm. and videographers you can go ahead and give it a little bump yeah. <laughs> and kind of test the waters you don't have to change it completely also if you feel like charging way more than you used to don't feel guilty about it if you're confident about it if you know your worth why you're charging yeah. that much yeah <laughs> and if you had clients that in the past actually up upgraded their packages to a certain amount that would be similar to what you want to charge now mm -hmm. just go ahead and do it it's going to take a little bit for people to get used to it especially if they're coming from referrals but it's worth it and you're going to get booked i promise yeah. you um and i don't know about you if you've noticed this with your clients but have you noticed that like the clients that you will have at a lower price point are going to act differently towards you than the ones that you have when you like raise your prices. Have you noticed a difference? Yeah, I was even <laughs> the other day I was um, scrolling on my Facebook and I saw a meme about it oh. saying um, like my clients that pay $500, they're like, hey, so I'm signing my life away to you <laughs> and you know, I need this, this and that in return. How can I be sure that you're not gonna run away with my $500? Oh, yeah. And then the $5,000 clients are usually like, okay, signed, money sent. Out of mind, <laughs> yeah. that aside, they don't really um, worry about it. There's definitely a difference and you're no, not always your ideal client and it's okay, <laughs> it's okay to do that. Um, but yeah. there is definitely that difference as you were talking about. The $500 client, they ask more questions sometimes. They want more attention. They feel like they're overpaying you mm. when the $5,000 client is used to making higher purchases. Mm. They're used to uh, paying for luxury items. That is not a big deal for them. It is common practice. So they tend to be more laid back about the whole process. Right. Yeah, so let's touch that point again about you not being your ideal client necessarily. Um, what do you think about that? Are you your ideal client? How do you explain that to yeah. photographers? I feel like m most of my brides, like we get along very well. I do think that my ideal client um, is similar to me in personality wise. So I do market that way as far as like, you know, being more laid back and having some structure, but not like, you know, totally crazy about, you know, our timeline or something like that. So I do let them know that that is how I am. And most of them are the same way. They're like, oh, that's totally great and stuff. So there are some similarities, maybe on like where we shop or like, you know, uh, but most of the time they love to travel like me. They're, you know, pretty easygoing. They love the outdoors. So I do think that I'm doing something right there. <laughs> so I feel that maybe I am my ideal client because now I value quality over quantity. That's good. But maybe five years ago I wasn't because gotcha. I didn't understand how things worked yeah. and I just wanted one photo taken. Mm. Um, so now you've been educated enough that you know. Yeah. And that's part of what we have to do when we price ourselves mm -hmm. and when we're marketing towards our idea client is just basically put a lot of guides, a lot of information, a lot of resources out into like our website or Instagram so that people know um, why you're valued the way that you are. So FAQ time. <laughs> FAQ. How often should I raise my prices? 
Okay, so I do look at my prices at the end of the year or beginning of the year, like January, when I'm a little bit more, you know, have more free time. And I just assess and make sure, like, whether I want to add more to my packages. And, you know, in that way, I would be increasing my prices. Or do I want to remove something um, from my packages? And how, you know, the cost of doing business, because that might go up every year. Because um, every year, you know, we're buying more equipment or, you know, your experience is going up. So definitely might be worth taking a look at your prices at the end of the year or the beginning of the year and just see if you are, you know, um, okay to raise it a little bit based on the past season that you just had. You had a ton of, you know, awesome weddings that are going to boost your portfolio and make you look like you have that much experience. And if you think that you need to based on your cost of doing business, then yeah, I would say maybe once a year. Yeah, I think for that, there's no right or wrong answer. It all depends of how you run your business. I have raised my prices yearly. I have raised it seasonally. I have raised it after I released a new guide. And then I noticed, hey, people are loving this package. So maybe I can bump it up a little bit. Um, I have raised it after... I learned so much that I could provide a much better client experience. So um, that adds value to the services as well. Um, I have not raised it for a while. If I notice, you know, things were stagnant a little bit and I needed some time for the clients to get used to new pricing. Um, so it really depends on the type of business you, um, you run. And if you feel like raising your prices, I'll say more than not, you should just go ahead and do it. Nice. Is it okay to offer discounts? Um, yes and no. I, I'm going to talk a little bit about my marketing strategy, I guess, here. Um, I do offer discounts sometimes. I do market for promotions and discounts um, sometimes. Mm -hmm. I try not to do it very often because otherwise people will be waiting for those promotions to roll before they book. Uh, but I have... If I raise my prices to an amount that's much higher than before, if I'm much more expensive now than I used to be, if I add more value to the packages and everything, uh, but I still my clients and the referrals that are coming are at a different price level, I may offer a discount for a little bit just so people get used to looking at my new prices and understand what mm -hmm. I offer and understand why I'm charging that much, but it still are able to afford me at, you know, kind of mid <laughs> midway there. Um, but if it's just a person asking me, hey, can you give me a discount for this? Can you give me a discount for that? Uh, why do you charge so much? Then it's a no for me. <laughs> what about you? Do you <laughs> usually offer discount? Um, I don't tend to offer a lot of discounts throughout the year. Uh, maybe I used to a little bit more um, when I was starting out, but now that I feel like I'm pretty established, I don't see, um, sometimes I feel weird because like, you know, people already booked me through like the original price and then I feel like I'm cheating them out of a discount, which it's not because like, you know, stores will do the same thing and I look at it as a just a regular business. Like if you go to a store, there might be no discounts today and you still buy something then tomorrow they start off with like a seasonal discount so it's totally fine to offer discounts i just don't do it very often yeah so there's two things i would like to add about that um one is if you offer discounts a lot and very often very high discounts 
you may be perceived as a discounted or less valuable service and that may damage your brand. Um, and the other thing is, like you said, clients may be offended. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done sales where I offer a certain percentual off, but it was never lower than a previous client would pay for, mm. right? So if a person says, hey, I'm offering 10% off, it's never going to be way less than another client had paid for because usually it's when I raise my prices. So it's just so people get used to the new pricing. That's when I offer the discounts. It's, it's never going to be a person that pays um, a new rate under a promotion. It's never going to be paying less than a client have paid the year before. Gotcha. How much should I charge for out-of-town weddings? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, for me, the way that I do it is I try to figure out how much it's going to, I'm going to spend trying to get over there. Um, so sometimes for California, which is a place that we go to um, throughout the year, I will, you know, already know like how much will it take for my flight. Usually, do I need a second shooter? If I do, then I have to, you know, um, either book one there or my husband will come with me and we'll just make a little vacation out of things. But if, you know, I have to account for his ticket, his flights, and then my flights and our stay there. So I'll put all of that and just add it up and just, you know, add up hotel, car rental, and then give yourself a little bit of money throughout, you know, to eat throughout the day and, and do things. So once I price that up and add it all up, add it all up, um, I just add that onto my regular pricing. Okay. Yeah. My um, packages all include uh, travel rates within the continental U.S. Mm. So it's also based on how much I usually spend if I go on a trip. Uh, I do not overcharge. Okay. So you guys are thinking, oh, she's charging, you know, to go on a vacation with her family. No, I charge the very <laughs> basic uh, travel fee. Um, I advise other people to actually charge more <laughs> because there's always an expected uh, cost yeah. that come with travel. But for me, it's very important for my clients to know that the sky's the limit. So um, the reason why I have the same rate for in-state and out-of-state clients is because I want to make sure whoever books me, they want me and they don't have to worry or stress out about any other fees. So for the clients that are in state, so they don't feel like they're left behind or they're paying more, you know, because of the travel cost, they usually wouldn't have to pay. What I do is I offer if they want to do an adventure engagement session or adventure bridal session somewhere else. So that travel cost would cover their adventure session as well. So I have clients that uh, this year they're going to go to Horseshoe Bend and... Um, a client that lives in California, she's going to get married in Georgia and we're going to do her engagement session there nice. because it's actually where her fiance proposed to her. Mm. Um, I have a client taking me for a session, a photo and video session to Aspen this year. So, you know, that helps me going places yeah. that helps them uh, making their dream come true without having to worry about additional fees and having to do all the math in their heads. Today's episode, we talked about CODB, the cost of doing business, and how to choose projects that are worth your time. Yeah, we talked about adjusting your price, 
based on demand at that time and considering extra costs such as travel expenses. Remember, good work doesn't come cheap. Make sure you are perceived as a professional and not just a hobbyist. Enjoy this episode? Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Need more encouragement? Make sure to check our website www.benditheart.com. See you next time. See ya.